0: Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative.
1: And I'm Esther, owner of Seraph Design. Welcome to Better, the Brand Designer podcast.
0: We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important
1: part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to Better The Brand Designer Podcast. Happy Tuesday. We're going to just go ahead and jump right into the intro question today. Let's do How it. Bad. Okay. Esther, if you had to get a tattoo
1: right now, what tattoo would you choose? So I actually have like a vision. I have multiple tattoos already. One of them I got with my best friend and I drew it an hour before and it's honestly beautiful. It's tiny and cute.
0: Um, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. Wait, tattoo yeah. tour, not like... Okay, visually, so but like can't verbally. See
1: it. <laughs> so Jen can see it. It's this little like circle that has a sun and trees and mountains and a river. And it's an homage to Oregon where my family lives. And then also hidden within it is the letter K, which is for my family's name, Knox. And you wouldn't be able to see it unless you're like up close to me. But my friend was like, you promised to get a tattoo with me when I came to Chicago. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I sat down while she was taking a shower and drew that and I still love it. So
0: that is so cool that you drew your own tattoo. You know, I mean, how many people
1: can say that, right? It's pretty special. I love it. And then I have a second one that's here. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, you might've seen it. It was when I first hit, My first 10K month, I got this tattoo and it's a line drawing of a girl and it has growth leaves above her. And I got it because I was like, I hit my first 10K month. This is me like growing and evolving into who I want to be. So I got one Oh my one gosh,
0: so meaningful. I mean, only a brand designer, right? <laughs> Can like oh yeah, of course. have all of that meaning behind them. I mean, oh, my answer compared to yours is going to be just like so cheesy.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Um, but what, the one that I want to get is I want to get a half sleeve actually. And so I'm deciding ooh. if I want to do like birds and flowers or if I want to do pine trees.
0: <gasps> oh, I, I could see the pine tree vibe. Yeah, I that. Yeah,
1: but I've been waiting on it for a year. I'm probably going to wait for a little longer just because I know it's a lot. That's so what would I would the do.
0: Sleeve be like shoulder to elbow or elbow yeah. to
1: wrist. Okay, shoulder to elbow. Would you ever do that? <laughs> no,
0: I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm honestly having a hard time even like thinking about like our home build and like I just announced on Instagram that we're going to be doing a custom build on our land in Georgia, and I'm like. Seriously, like, oh my gosh, once I pick this tile, that's like there. I mean, I guess you could tear it up and put new tile in. But due to the number of times I redesigned my website, guys, like yeah. I am so bad at like design commitment. Like but I... I
1: think <laughs> once you have it on your body, it's like you are committed. And so you therefore you love it because you're committed to it. Not necessarily, but like the one that I had drawn an hour before I went to get it, like I love it so much because it has that story to it. Yeah. Do you have any tattoos right now?
0: No, I have no tattoos. I was thinking about getting a tattoo actually. And then I got pregnant and I was like, uh,
1: I don't think you're supposed to get a tattoo while you're pregnant. I don't think so. I Um, actually don't know any science behind that, but I feel like no.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm not anti-tattoo. I think tattoos are like the coolest thing ever. Um, If I got a tattoo, I would want to get like a really tall, skinny palm tree, like on the inside of my like forearm. And I know that that was like very painful spot to have tattoo done, but like Florida is just a very big part of my personality. It's like like the sunshine and the beach and just like the kind of laid back, like yes. happy way, way of life. Um, I mean, it's your home of, too. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time in Chicago. No, hate. I love Chicago, but it was just really cold and kind of gray. And I don't know, I've just been kind of forced by our military lifestyle to live really far from home. You know, I missed home when I was in New York and even in Alabama and in Texas. And now that I'm home, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is just such a big part of like who I am that I feel like that would probably be like the most meaningful tattoo that I would want to get.
1: Yeah, I totally approve of that. I mean, I have no Chicago tattoos, (laughs) obviously, (laughs) but like I have my Oregon one and I feel like it's just so sentimental to have something that is about where you're from and having your roots on you. And so I approve of the palm tree. I actually think that would be really beautiful too.
0: Thank you. I I mean, just something that's really like dainty, but detailed, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. So once I get it, I'll show you guys and you can tell me what you think, but I'm, I know I'm going to
1: love it. Or you can get it when you come to Chicago. I know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Get your palm tree in Chicago. What if
0: I did like the podcast logo or something? Oh my not gosh. Not really my vibe on my body, yeah, but love the logo.
1: <laughs> we can get like oh temporary tattoos of the Better Podcast logo. That would be
0: such cute merch. Oh my gosh. That would be really, really like cute. Like temporary okay. tattoos. Okay, brainstorming. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Join our Patreon. <laughs> Today's episode is all about the one concept method. But beyond just talking about the one concept method, because we know a lot of you guys are probably pretty familiar with it, we wanted to share kind of about our experience with where we started with the one concept method and how we've iterated. On that, within our processes, based on our experiences with clients, both positive and on the more negative side, and just kind of like lessons that we've learned in optimizing the experience, both for your client and for you. There are a couple things that I've started doing that I didn't do in the beginning that have really changed the way my brand identity process kind of has gone. So, this is like less of a web thing and more of a brand identity process, but I also don't do multiple web concepts. So maybe it's applicable
1: to everything. (laughs) I'm super excited to talk about this because my, I mean, I've been doing the one concept method for about a year now, and I feel like I've already changed so much. I also wanted to say for like our listeners who maybe don't do the one, one concept method, that's okay too. Maybe just listen to this and see if your perspective on it changes or if there's some takeaways from our conversation that you can use in your own process where you use a three concept or whatever it is. This is just what Jen and I do. So it's okay if you do something different.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's very, it's client driven. I feel like the clients that I attract in my positioning, they typically don't even know that three concepts is quote unquote standard in like the corporate world. Whereas I know that with, with Giselle and her clients tended to be on the more corporate side, she did experiment a little bit with Multiple concept. I know that she loved the one concept method too. I feel like Esther, you might run into more businesses because you do tend to work with businesses that tend to be a little bit more. I don't know if the word corporate is right, but like nonprofits tend to be larger corporations rather than like small like one person things. So, have you actually run into like you know negative feedback around the one concept method?
1: I do. And um it just depends. So it, some of my clients are a little bit more corporate and some of them are still like the one-to-one. But even still, a lot of my referrals come from my time working in agency. And so some of them... Either have left agency life and started their own business or, or stuff like that. So they're used to the three concept method because that's what they knew when they were in agency as well. Even if they weren't designers or like in the creative field, they knew that that's what it was. So I have found that a lot. And then. I've actually found that nonprofits, they're usually just like, do whatever you want to do. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Which is kind of nice. So it really just does depend. But I do have a story that I'll tell a little bit later of a client who did not like that I did the one concept method and... I didn't communicate clearly. And so it turned into a whole thing. Yes. So don't be like Esther. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Don't be like me or be like me later where like I figured Esther it out.
0: Be like Esther 2.0. But that's honestly like why we started this podcast is like, hey guys, we made a bunch of mistakes. Like, don't be like us.
1: <laughs> yeah. But oh. yeah, it's hard because like every every client is different. And you said that most of your clients kind of just don't have any preconceived Ideas of what the process is. I like to now start and just kind of lay it out. This is my process. This is what I do and walk them through it because if they have preconceived notions or if they don't, like that way you're all on the same page.
0: Yes. I love a good like housekeeping portion of a kickoff call at the beginning of a project. Like that is. Oh yeah! Oh, my favorite because I literally will just pick the most important things from my contract and just say them out loud and get the client's buy-in on a call before we even start the project.
1: (laughs) Jen, I have a a side note that you got your our listeners will love too. I had a kickoff call right before us recording this, so like half an hour ago, and I started using Notion for all of my like onboarding everything. And my client was literally like, "Esther, this is the." best ever. Like I love how you structured it. Like I love all of this material that you're putting together and how detailed it is and how much like I know what you're going to do at every stage of the process. And I was like... Just started doing this. So thank you. (laughs) Love that. Yeah, I've actually
0: had some really great feedback too on the notion layout of our client dashboard. Um, really quick like shout out to Lauren from at LB Creative on Instagram. LB Creative is her business name. Um, if you go to lbcreative.com and go to like resources, I think she has this amazing notion like client portal. Like, workshop, it's like $50, like, best $50 I ever spent. And now, like, my clients, like, oh my goodness, I feel so educated about what's happening. And, like, you don't have to send me a ton of, a ton of emails. It's like, it's life changing. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about just kind of what our experience is like when you learned about the one concept method, how you saw it at first, and then maybe ways that it's changed over the course of time. Yes.
0: Okay. So I'm going to um, also do a shout out for an old episode called Presenting Concepts to Clients. That's from season one, episode seven. If you are like, what are you guys talking about? What is the one concept method? I have no idea why anyone would do that. Like what is going on? Pause the episode, go back and listen to season one, episode seven, because we kind of go more in depth about like, the psychology behind why decision fatigue can be really difficult for clients, the benefits of having one concept be presented rather than multiple concepts for both you and for your client, the value that you provide to a client by only presenting one concept might seem counterintuitive, but we kind of go over a lot of that stuff back in that episode. And you also get to hear our lovely Giselle's beautiful voice. So... Even if you have already listened to it, go back and listen to it again. But that's kind of like the intro to this episode. And so that's like, if you don't know what the concept, one concept method is, go back and listen to that. I started using the one concept method because it was introduced to me by Brie from Rowan Maid. I took I mean, you guys know that I took branding with Brie at the very beginning of my business and she introduced the one concept method to me. At the time, I really hadn't worked in corporate, so I wasn't really aware that like three concepts were standard. So you weren't tainted
1: by I know, <laughs> I know. I
0: I just didn't know what I didn't know. I mean, but I mean On the other side of things, coming from the editorial design world, it's like my creative directors had me design like 10... Different page layouts so that they could make sure Jeez. that the one that they liked best was actually the right solution. So, of course, as a design assistant, I was doing front of book and back of book layouts. And so these are like not very important pages. I would be do- doing so many designs for them. I think I like, I'd like, 15 when I was an intern at Cosmo, I did like 15 oh. different page layouts for the creative oh, director. I think she didn't
1: like any of them, <laughs> to be honest. Um, this reminds <laughs> me of like when I was talking about the other day on our episode. Of when I was in school, they had us do like a hundred concepts. I'm oh, like, yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. I do not want to do that. That's so time consuming. And like yeah. half all of those except for one are gonna get thrown out. So what's yeah. the point?
0: I would definitely like got burned out with like, I feel like I'm just designing ugly things. And you guys understand and you know that when you're designing something that you don't like, it just takes forever and it's just really draining. So I was like, oh, one concept method oh but like won't the client like want to see multiple concepts because then i was like oh well if this is like a new way of doing things like aren't they going to expect something different i have found that the one concept method has been just absolutely transformational in being able to do brand identity design very quickly and being mm-hmm. able to reduce the amount of feedback rounds and the depth of the feedback that you are getting because of the One Concept Method's emphasis on brand strategy and creative direction prior to designing the exploration. I think that's a main focus for today.
1: Yeah. You're going super far in depth before you do the design. So you know for sure you're going to hit it right on the head. Exactly. And... uh, I follow Studio Seaside and she talks a lot about the one concept method. And she had posted a reel the other day of like, here's what I showed to my client on the first round and here's what they, what the final was. And it was the exact same because you're going through all the strategy and the creative direction and you're sure that where you're going is the right direction before you design it and not waste your time designing. I mean, I used to stay up so late trying to hit three concept like racking my brain trying to figure out what the third concept was going to be when i already loved concept 1 so why do i spend my time doing that you know
0: and everyone knows the client is going to pick the ugly one if you show them multiple ones oh,
1: like yeah or they'll <laughs> like we said before they'll frankenstein it
0: yeah and it's like bleh. like i feel like that's more like positioning yourself as a freelancer and as like a quote-unquote pixel pusher or like rule follower of like what the client is prescribing onto you rather than you being an expert you position yourself as the creative director we've talked about that in previous episodes but what has changed for me and what i think is what i'm really excited to talk about with you guys is that I have been experimenting over the past few years with the one concept method of what the creative direction process looks like prior to exploration. I'm kind of front-loading a lot of exploration within the brand strategy and creative direction process more so than what I did when I was starting out. So when I was starting out, I would make a mood board and a color palette in the brand strategy and I would present that to the client and I'd be like, okay, like, do you like the general direction of these fonts? Do you like the general direction of these colors? And the client would be like, yeah, yeah, it looks good. And then I would design and present a concept. And then the client would be like, Ooh, I just really don't like that typeface. The colors are just like not feeling right. There's something about it that I don't love. I was getting really vague, like general feedback, unhelpful feedback, and then feedback that like would cause me a lot of extra work. Like, I'm not opposed to doing extra work if the feedback I feel like is going to make the concept better. But every single time that happened to me, and it wasn't all the time, most of the time I would say the things got approved. But I was just like, I wonder if I can reduce the instances of this happening. I was able to like really hone in on like, okay, okay, I'm gonna do all of the typeface exploration that I used to do in, in the in the exploration process after the brand strategy was approved. I'm gonna do that in the beginning in the brand strategy. And I'm gonna show the client my typeface exploration. I know that might be a little scary to some of you guys and take it with a grain of salt, but like that has been a really big thing that I feel like has helped me narrow in on typefaces that the client loves and you know, be able to really decide on a typeface for the primary logo before I even get into exploration. Like that has been huge for
1: me. It's huge to really just get to be transparent with them and show them everything you're thinking. I do what I call stylescapes. And so it's not like a standard nine or 12 square mood board, but instead like huge, lots of different inspiration that I can pull together. And we can look at this huge stylescape and say like, I like this typeface. I don't like this typeface. I like this color set. I don't like this. I like this style, like the way that the letters move together, but I'm not really feeling like the blockiness of this. And and then you get to see everything kind of laid out and have more of a conversation on it. So I feel like that's kind of where yours is too, of like, here's kind of a brain dump of everything. Let's chat about like what works and doesn't work before we actually create it. And it makes your job later on way easier, right?
0: Yes, like I want to front load all the negative feedback, like quote unquote negative. Like I want the client to be like, I hate that, but I love this. Like I want that happening in the creative direction not in the concept presentation. Once we get to concept, I yes. want there to be minor tweaks. I even talk about that in my language. I'm like, oh two minor rounds of refinement on the concept, but when we're in brand strategy, like that's the time to really be open and honest with me about like hey, tell me when it's not working. Tell me what you're feeling when you see this. Tell me why you don't like this particular typeface and why you like this one. I just I feel like it opens up the conversation and it makes the creative process so much more intriguing and
1: exciting for the client as well. I think also one thing that you you said that I want to expand on is like telling them to be very open and vulnerable with you. I love to tell that to my clients. I'm like, I'm not going to take it personally if you don't like a typeface. Like we all have preferences. We all, you know your client or your audience better than I do. So like, is this going to resonate with them as well? Like, tell me now if you like it or you don't like it and that's okay. We'll move on and we'll get something that's better for you. But yeah, if you're doing that up front, then you're not having that like hard conversations later. Everything later is like, all right, we've already talked about this. Like you already know you don't like sans serifs or you don't like thick lettering or you don't like whatever it is. And that way you're not having to go back and forth all the time. And then that also like saves from so much headache when you start to have issues with your clients because you're not getting it, you're not understanding, or like on the same wavelength. If you're setting that tone up beforehand of like all right let's be on the same page i want to be on the same page as you and not have to figure it out later
0: yes 100% i think one of the most important things that you just mentioned here is that you're always bringing it back to the ideal client the client's client you know and that's i think like the very basis of brand strategy that's not anything new that that we made up but that is how you rationalize like your design decisions and bringing it back to like, okay, I know you are not drawn to this typeface, but tell me why you think your ideal client might not be drawn to this typeface. I think always Mm -hmm. reframe Like you have to do it over and over and over again to... You do. Like just get it in their minds that like, yes, we want you to love your brand. I'm not saying that we're going to design something that you hate, but your ideal client is going to love. But that like we are designing this as I call it a workhorse for their business that shows up for them when they're not there. They can't be there for every single website visitor or Instagram follower, you know, like, and so I just think that that is probably one of the like most crucial things to think about when you are putting together creative direction or. I know that some designers do multiple different... like You do multiple different stylescapes, multiple different mood boards, multiple different color palettes where they're like, hey, which direction are you thinking? And so...
1: I don't do that anymore, actually. No,
0: you just do the one that you like. I used to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I used to do um, three different... It's like the three concept method. I know, I was going to say that's like not the one
0: concept method anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was like I would do the three concept method for stylescapes and then narrow down and then just do one concept from there. But I stopped doing that actually because it was a lot of really work. Oh, it took to too do. long. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work to like collect a lot of different inspirations and then categorize them into three different areas. And then like, yeah. So I've stopped doing that for probably I would say like almost a year now. Okay. I don't do that anymore. Now I just do one fully flushed out stylescape and like we'll talk about that. And yeah. I'll do one color palette and then I'll do multiple type. Yeah, I think the type is just like. Can we just talk about typefaces for a second? Because like, typefaces are like the life of the brand. So you yeah. have to get that right. So I'll try. I th- I should have sent you like one of my most recent things that I sent to my client, and it had like three different typeface explorations because type is so hard. I know. And there are
0: multiple different things that you think would look good, but you don't want to just go down one road, build everything out, show the client, and then have them be like, oh, well, I thought the typeface was gonna be different. You know, like a typeface change is like, oh, that's my least favorite type of feedback because doing the research takes so long. It's so funny. Like I in in my most recent like project that I that I did, Brand Strategy, I also sent three distinct typeface explorations. It, it was three full pages of screenshots of me just typing the client's name out in a typeface and then literally screenshotting that and like putting it on the artboard and illustrator. Like it doesn't look like the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen, but I feel like making that more raw and like allowing the client to peruse like Oh, what would like this G look like in this typeface? Cause I, I didn't used to do that. I used to just like type in some sample letters or like get the name of the font written out in the typeface. And every single time I got the same feedback, I was like, oh, can you show me what it would look like with my business name? And I was so nervous to like do the whole screenshot thing and then like show them because I was like, oh, they're gonna think that I'm just typing their name out in a font.
1: Which is what you are Which doing, but they don't have I the time doing, to do that. They don't
0: have the time, nor the skills and expertise to translate the work that we do in the strategy portion yeah. into the personality and vibe of a typeface. Like once I fully embrace the fact that like that is a superpower and that is a skill that they are paying me for, it kind of like released the pressure of like oh they're just gonna think like I typed in a typeface. and I always tell them this is not your logo. This is a typeface sample. We are yeah. going, we always, we almost always do like at least a little bit of letter manipulation with the pen tool to make it really fully custom. We play with the tracking between the letters and the spacing of yeah. the other elements. And then illustration is something else that we can chat about in a second. But I bit the bullet and started doing it. And like, my clients were so excited. They're like, okay, I like this one, but I don't like the G in this one, but I like the L in this one. Like, oh, I love how that letter is lifted. And there was just so much more Mm -hmm. like amazing, meaty conversation in the creative direction review process, where I was like, wow, we are landing on the typeface for your brand before going into exploration. Like, that is how I'm able to design things so quickly. Like, that is like, I don't know. That's why I'm so excited about this is that, like, this is what is allowing me to work those four or five hour days and do brands in two weeks and be able to accelerate a process that once took me a really long time.
1: Yeah. And that's why I get so excited about it, too, because, like I had said, I stopped doing as much as I was doing before, like, even doing three stylescapes that's not even going into three different logo designs or brand designs, like, saving myself that time is insane and clients always love it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, it's amazing and it's so nice to like to have the conversations be super straightforward, get approval on everything and then all you have to do is put it together. Yeah. As a designer, like like you said, we can put stuff together easily, very quickly especially if we know exactly what needs to go into it, what colors we're doing, what typeface we're doing, then all we need to do is like manipulate it more. Fix all the tracking, fix like the way that things work together. But once you already know exactly what you're doing, it makes the time go by so much faster.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like I used to spend like 80% of my time on exploration and 20% of my time on creative direction. It is probably opposite now, honestly. Yeah, I would say that I spend way, 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 way more time on brand strategy and creative direction. My creative direction portion of the brand strategy document, because it's the last section of the brand strategy, I don't do two separate. You could if you wanted to the last portion has gotten much longer. I've started doing color psychology pages. I started doing color hierarchy pages. I'm doing like typeface rationale where I'm like writing out about like, Hey, this is why I like this typeface. I put little stars on the ones that I prefer, but I always tell the client, if there's one that stands out to you, like, let me know. And whenever they give me feedback, I'll take screenshots of their feedback and I will literally put it on my it's like not on the actual page. Like they don't see it when I export it, but I'll put it on the page so that when I'm designing and doing the exploration phase in my Illustrator file, I can go back and be like, oh, well, they said they didn't like the way that this L looks. So like maybe that will factor into my decision on like manipulating this other typeface.
1: I think you said something that's really key is that like sharing your rationale. I think that is super, super, super important in this process to talk through like why you chose the colors you did, why you chose the illustration type you did, why you chose the type that you did, which ones stand out to you the most. Because there's a lot of meaning that goes into our choices that we make for our clients. And if you just present them with a board that doesn't have any type of like rationale on it or if you're not voicing it over to them, it's gonna get lost and then they don't see the deeper meaning in it too. And so having even just one sentence two sentences about like why you chose something is going to make this process even more solid for your clients and they can see the value in why you made those decisions as opposed to just thinking like oh you chose that type and you just put it on the board and then called yeah. it good like no there was actually a lot of thought that went into it
0: yeah and i think that's what sets us apart as brand designers from like graphic designers not that one is better than the other or anything else, but it just it shows, like you said, the value. It always comes down to the value. And so when you can really wow your clients with your creative direction, your brand strategy, um, and then when you're are presenting the concept, including like even just like little, like you said, it's like two sentences. I'll do a a, a slide of the primary logo and just just the logo and it'll say primary logo underneath it. And then the next slide, I'll put the same primary logo. And then the little title at the bottom will be primary logo rationale. And I'll have like a little circle yeah. with a line, like circling over. Yes, it tells like exactly oh, like, what you're thinking. Like sharper serifs, like have more of like a bold edgy feel, you know, slightly tilted E has a bit of playfulness and like the, mm-hmm. the soft uh, silhouette of the illustration and conceptual nature relates back to your conceptual artwork, which is actually exactly yeah, rationale that's exactly that I what just, I do like, too. just launched a brand for an artist. And that's the type of rationale I put in there. And she approved the whole thing,
1: like no changes. That's exactly what I do too, because then they're like, oh my gosh, you thought through this so in-depthly, which yeah. I did. And it's just like, yeah. I also like... Uh, I'm curious what you do, Jen. I like to get on the phone and chat in live time when I present these like in-depth things, because I think that it allows them to have Like when they want clarification, we can talk about it in real time as opposed to like through email or through another like video feedback. And I like to do that upfront. And then I've started having less conversations later on because things are approved. I used to do like a ton of video calls all the time because I was claiming that I just wanted to be intentional with people, which is true, but it gets to be a lot. So I'll do this, that creative direction portion in person. And then the other stuff will be more. Oh,
0: that's so interesting. I love that. I am um, experimenting with like no phone calls ever. (laughs) It's like my philosophy for 2022. No, I I do have phone calls with my clients, like really prioritizing client phone calls over like team phone calls. I just use Voxer for like subcontractors. And I honestly like Boxer and Loom. I like never get on the phone with my subcontractors, but I've also been working with like them that. for a really long. Like I've been working with my copywriter for over a year. Like she gets me, like she knows what I like, you know?
1: Yeah. I haven't had a team call in yeah, so long. It's
0: like, I don't know. I, I, the spacious I've space. never talked to my developer.
1: <laughs> I've literally never talked to my developer even on I the love phone. That. I just like message. I love him. that.
0: I feel like I don't know. It's <laughs> just like there's so many like quote unquote meetings that like probably could be emails. Um, but that is a whole other conversation. Yeah. I actually don't present anything live. That might factor into like I work very few hours and like don't have time for tons of phone calls. But I do like the idea of presenting the creative direction live. I think that that's something that I would a thousand percent be open to because in the moment you get to have. Their feedback, like, and I don't know. The reason that I don't really do tons of phone calls with clients to get their in- reaction, like, right there, is that I feel like it puts pressure on them to react in a way where they think that, like, they have to like it and then they say they like it and then they come back and email and give me all their feedback. Like, people are kind of like, that's fair, that's just why I haven't done it, but like. We are encouraging them in the creative direction process, like, "Hey, this is the time to like get messy. This is the time to be honest with me, and like, it's not personal. This is fun. Tell me what you hate. Tell me what you hate about this typeface. Like, tell me what you love about this one." And I think being on an actual live call with them can help walk them through giving helpful feedback, and so that is a very attractive like thing to me. And I love that you're like, "Okay, no calls mm-hmm. later in the process because I don't want you to
1: ask for anything." <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, I've noticed that if I do too many calls, it gets like too Too many much. ideas. Like, oh, what about we tried not... this? Like, what if we did this idea? And you're like, yes, no. <laughs> Yes. And it gets to the point where I'm like, yes, I know this is collaborative, but like, stop collaborating with me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it's, I'm like, like, we're, we're <laughs> it's like, we're partners. It's
0: like, no, <laughs> no. And like, I, I do consider my clients like partners, but like, honestly, like my clients, they don't want to be in the weeds with me. Like they're just too busy doing their own other stuff. Well, they've hired yeah, you for a reason exactly. Too. Like they're doing other things. And like, that's one of the like the actual like pieces of feedback I've gotten when pitching intensives is like, okay, well, how intensive of an intensive is it? I'm like, oh no, no, no. It's an intensive for me. Mm-hmm. Not an intensive for you. You just have to look at things, give feedback. People are like, oh, okay, cool. Cause they're like, I don't know if I can dedicate yes. two weeks to this. I'm like, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like this ties into like talking about revisions. Mm-hmm. Like people will often like they they wanted to get it right, of course. It's their business. They're paying money. They want to get things right. But with the one concept method, we allow for one concept and then. Minor revisions, right? So, what happens if your client is super not happy with the one concept? I have my thoughts. I'm curious. I want to hear your story. Oh, my story is okay. Yeah, sure. Let's go into my story because actually, I do think that that ties in very well. Okay. So, I had a client. I'm going to try not to be a Debbie Downer about this because I feel you can change certain details if you need to. (laughs) I have feelings. Um, So, I have a client and I started working with them. The vibes were on. I felt like everything was going to be perfect. I was doing brand and website with them. And I had told them, like, in the discovery call of my process and the one constant method and how my timeline is. But in the discovery call, things are very, like, high level. Here's kind of what I do. Like, I didn't really dive into it very deep. And I did lay out, like, the overarching process for her in the kickoff but i wasn't very clear about like i do the one concept method so you're going to see the creative direction let, let's get messy in it and then you're going to only see one thing so we did the creative direction there was some back and forth there which was great like i feel like she was very clear about like i want this type of font i want these types of colors and overall, an illustration style. Like overall, it felt I felt like all right. She was very clear about what she wanted. So like, let's go. I I've got this. And when I showed her the first round, or the fu- not the first round, just like the full brand suite, she was like. I thought you were going to show me three different things. Like you're supposed to show me three different things. And I was like, Okay. First of all, I am not supposed to show you anything. (laughs) This is what... (laughs) You did not tell me what my process is. But I was like, I had to go back and like re-explain why I do the one concept and what the one concept method is. So I, I had a whole call about like, this is exactly what I do and why I do it. And basically, she ended up saying like, no, I I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, this is what I do. And she was like, well, I really would like to see at least one more revision. And I had realized, I think that it was my communication that I wasn't clear about it. And so I bit the bullet and I said, all right, I'll show you one more. And... That's going to be it, but it is going to be an extra revision round. So I had her pay for an extra revision round and we did a whole nother revision. And guess what? We went with the first
0: one. <laughs> Love uh, the, the, kick, <laughs> the kicker to <into> that story.
1: <laughs> I know. But what I found is like having to be very clear about like this is why I do it. And if you're going to want anything else, if you're going to want extra revisions, it is going to charge extra because what I do and specialize in is the one constant method, so that you're going to get exactly what you, what we've talked about and what we've gone through in the strategy and the creative direction. And it was really a learning experience of like next time I don't even want to be able to say, "All right, we'll do extra." Like I want to be able to get clear and in the weeds and being super nitty gritty about things so that it doesn't happen again. And I've learned a lot from that experience because the clients that I've had after her were great. And I feel like I was able to be clear about it, but it was hard to then say like, I don't revisions are not what I really is ideal, especially because then you might see something from the second revision that you want to incorporate together. So I don't, typically allow for revisions i do mo- now what i do is more of gen style of like allowing for minor tweaks color changes a little bit of layout changes if they want but not reinventing the yeah wheel.
0: i call them well i know that brie calls them refinements i've called them just like feedback mm. i don't even use the word revision and like oh like i'm collecting your feedback here's our feedback document you know um
1: And that is actually good because revision kind of has the tone of completely completely
0: revising, showing something new, you know? And I think I love what you did where you were like, okay, I will show you like another concept, but it's going to be a refinement. So I feel like if you listeners are listening and you're like, okay, well, you know, what if a client says like, oh my gosh, I want to see more concepts? You can kind of steer the conversation around like, Okay, I, I know that you're looking for more concepts. Tell me what's not working about this one. Let's just talk about this one for a second. Like, why do you feel like this mm-hmm. one isn't going to resonate with your target audience? Let's go back to the strategy and the creative direction that we already approved, you know, like, okay, yeah. and now, okay, this is going to be a revision now, you know, <laughs> or you could say refinement or feedback or whatever you want to say. Like, let's do another round and let me present something that's closer and more aligned to what you were expecting and what you think is going to resonate with your audience.
1: Yeah. Oh, that is another thing too, that like within that story of I asked, what do you not feel like is working? And the feedback was, I just don't like it. Mm. And so that's to me, not a, that's not valuable. And so I had to dig into lots of other questions about like, what is resonating with your audience? How is this going to be portrayed? Like, is this conveying the same feelings that you want to convey? like what are the actual feelings that you want to convey because i don't think we might have gotten on the same page about what elevated means to you or what quirky means to you like there are different words that we all use to as attributes and we all have our own different meanings for them yes
0: i think that you touched on something that like is so important another thing that kind of has been iterated on and updated for me around the one concept method specifically in the creative direction is Defining the words. Like, I put a list of visual descriptors. I call them visual descriptors. I'm like, these are words and phrases that describe what we want your brand identity to look and feel like. So, some examples of visual descriptors are Mm -hmm. like warm and welcoming, elevated, sophisticated, professional, playful, youthful, like, you know, those words. And I actually have a word bank that I have clients pull words that resonate with them out from this particular word bank in my questionnaire. I like that idea. Love that. And And then we talk about okay, well, what does sophisticated mean to you? I have that in my brand strategy workshop call, I talk about like, okay, like you put clean. tell me what you think clean means to you and so like we'll have like a whole yeah. vocabulary lesson like or not lesson but like discussion in the middle of the brand strategy workshop and I'm like it is really important for me to understand what you mean by bold because when I think of bold I think of like a thick font or a thick typeface like an actual bold typeface sometimes
1: but somebody else might be think that it's like Thin yeah, but th- thin, thin and
0: striking. Maybe they mean striking like, oh wow, that's a bold choice, you know. but it doesn't necessarily need to be hot yeah. pink. You know what I mean? And so those conversations have been absolutely like mind blowing yeah. in the beginning because then we don't get to the end. I'm going to take you that know? from yeah. you.
1: I Do like it. that. Because that's something that, yeah, it's like we need to be clear about what we're talking about. And if our vocabulary is different Then you're not going to hit the right thing.
0: So um, I think that that's a really, really good discussion of like revisions and feedback. And if you guys are really struggling with clients who are just not loving what you're making, we actually have a whole episode for you within this season, season five, in the very beginning. Like, I think it's called What Happens When a Client Doesn't Love Your Work or
1: something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's season five episode one. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And there's some like really Mm -hmm. um, good stories in there about like our particular. Experiences around that.
1: It's hard, you guys. Like, I think that figuring out what works for you, I know, Jen, you've been doing this concept, one concept method for two years. I've only been doing it for a year. I feel like there's, it's constantly learning and refining your own process and figuring out what works for you and what works for your clients, how you're getting the best results and creating something that they love and you love too. Yes, exactly. We'll have to like put some screenshots or something of like
0: what we're talking about as far as like creative direction in the Facebook group, because I feel like that can be kind of like a buzzy yeah. phrase, you know? Um, and one of the things that I have like listed out here that I want to make sure that I touch on is um, not being afraid to show iterations of the concept once you've been. Like so, you've done the creative direction, you've done the exploration, you've presented the concept. Now you're doing feedback or refinements. I have like just copied and pasted a ton of like the same logo, which is like different colors or like a slight tweak, and I've sent a screenshot to the client just in an email. You know, like nothing designed or crazy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just need a quick gut check from you on which of these is feeling like the right way to proceed. So we're not doing multiple concepts. These are different iterations of a single concept that are very, very small and slight tweaks. Um, I've had a lot Mm -hmm. of success with that um, in even going from two rounds of feedback to one round of feedback. So they'll give feedback on the first round and say, hey, I want this to be a little bit thinner. I want a little bit more space here. Let's change this, you know, word and the you know, tagline or whatever. And then I'll send them back before I send them the fully updated presentation. Like, hey, I took your feedback into account. I actually have a couple of different options for you that I would love for you to just give me a quick gut check. Which one do you like? Um, and the clients like have so much fun like picking them out. I just put like A, B, C. I just put like, a little text box on them on my illustrator artboard and like do a new set- section of it. And I just screenshot that section so like, it looks like. Pretty and like laid out, but it is as easy as like just sending that over and getting client feedback and buy in like within the revision process is like actually kind of fun. And I, it has helped me like not have to do like endless like rounds of feedback.
1: Yeah, I love that. I feel like there's so much that we could say too about like how you can get better feedback and. Like streamline this process, but it really is just like figuring it out. Like, I don't feel comfortable sending screenshots of my artboard, but maybe I could try it out and see how it goes.
0: (laughs) I've actually opened up my artboard on a live call sharing my screen for a client one time. This was a creative client though. Um, and okay, so I feel, she I would was feel just really struggling that. with some of these things. Like I have other clients that would feel extremely overwhelmed and confused if I did that. And so I think it's like a question of reading your client, understanding the way that they're viewing your creative process and then feeling comfortable enough to like break your own rules sometimes. And like communicating that with the client, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't do this like ever, but I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain so that we can kind of work on this. We were just, we had like a tight face problem where like something wasn't fitting properly or something. And I don't know. So that, that was really fun. And like, they loved seeing it. They're like, wow, this is amazing to see. And so it was very positive, but read the room. (laughs) Yes.
1: It works for some people, doesn't work for others.
0: Yeah. And then like the last thing that I know that I wanted to talk about a little bit, we talked about typefaces, but like illustration. I know that like Esther, like you love illustration. Mm -hmm. Like you have in your main logo for Serith, you have like these beautiful like leaves and like shapes and everything. Like what do you do as far as like, Do you include example illustrations in your stylescapes? Like, how do you get the client on board with the style that you're going to do for their their illustration portion of their brand? Yeah.
1: So, I actually, uh, I guess I didn't explain out my stylescape. So, I have like the big board with like a bunch of different pieces on it. And then I will separate it out into each page. So, I'll have like a page for just color, I'll have a page for just type, and it's basically the same images but just pulled in and then we can talk about those and then I have a whole different like even larger one for illustration so I'll have a few usually like three categories or two categories of the style of illustration that I kind of want to go to so that they can see like if it's fine art or if it's like a uh, super sketchy or if it's like I have one that a client right now that's like a kids book so it's very like kitty. Sometimes I'll show multiple, sometimes I'll just show one, but it's just showing a few different images of things that I've pulled from online or um, pictures that I've taken of like kids books or whatever that I have and then see what their reaction is to those illustrations themselves. If they're like, oh, I love this particular one image, then I'll use that one and run with it if they're like, I love this whole line of like all this fine art style, then I'll go and create my own thing um, in that same style. But I do pull different images so that I can see, so they can see like the breadth of what it could be, as opposed to just seeing one thing and they're like, okay, I get it. But not like how it could work in different shapes or different images themselves.
0: Right. And I think that like showing them just one, it's like, they're gonna expect it to look just like that because right. they're not like the able to visualize in their brain like what something could look like that's in the same style but different. It's like when you're showing, like when you're selecting a theme for a semi-custom website, like showing them the theme, you're like, okay, don't look at the photos or the fonts, yeah. like look at the structure, you know. Like so, that's kind of the same thing with illustration. And do you yeah. give them like when you present it to them? Do you say like this? How do you? even talk about creative direction? I'm, I'm
1: curious. So I would say like, all right, well, this illustration style would be more organic. There's fluid lines. It is rough. It's going to be more, it feels like it's hand-drawn. This kind of style is going to be more personable. It's going to feel like it has a unique hand touch to it. So if that's the direction we want to go in, that's kind of where we would go. This other style, it has super sharp lines. Everything's super clean. It's very geometric. It's going to be a little bit more rigid, which has a more modern look. And if that's the style we want to go in, that would be awesome. But it is a little bit more of like this delicate feel to it. So kind of just explaining what each type of illustration would, the feeling that would evoke there and having a conversation about like, well, what's the feeling that you really want to convey with your illustrations? It
0: is like seriously so amazing to be able to like jump into your brain and like hear that stuff because like talking about design to non-designers is actually a skill. It's something that's kind of difficult and I mean it goes back to what we're talking about like defining your words and everything. So yeah, I love that. I mean I do the same thing with type with you know the typography I was talking about earlier. I do okay. Illustration directions. These illustrations are this type of style. These illustrations are this type of style. Like, which one are you resonating with? Um, and you know, kind of casting a mm-hmm. wide net in the in the creative direction, and then bringing it down to kind of like a little bit of a funnel for
1: the exploration. That's like the theme yeah. today. That's what I think. Like how you were saying, you have the screenshots of all of these different type faces. I think of that when I do illustration of kind of like here's a bunch of different things we could go with. Like, what do you feel like works, and what what do you like about this one style or what do you like about this other style and how can we kind of mesh them together?
0: Do you ever tell the, like, at, like tell the client what your favorite is or do
1: you just kind of let them pick? Usually, well, actually I have a lot of times where they say, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I actually like these two different areas and I think that they are both very cool and very unique I would say that this one kind of may fit a little bit more towards what your clients might be looking for, but this one is also really fun and has a different spin on it. So I think that both of them would work. I wouldn't present anything to you that I don't think would work at all, but it just depends on like the style and the feelings that you want to convey and then kind of like still leave it up to them. Like I'll, I'll give them, I won't actually say like this is my number one. I'll usually, if I show three, I'll say these two are my favorites but really all of them could work it just depends on what you feel.
0: I mean a plus answer like I would ne- like the, the thing where you said I would never present something to you that I don't think would be a strong solution. That is just so permission giving to the clients are really like okay what to relax into the process of like okay like she has selected these things for me from all the designs in the world. <laughs> And so now it's like time mm-hmm. for me to really have that like like that feeling, that intuition. And I encourage my clients to I mean, I'll even say in my loom videos for when I'm presenting the brand strategy, like close your eyes, take a deep breath, put yourself in the shoes of your ideal client and come at it from that perspective. And let it be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, let it be simple. Like, what you're drawn to, like. Wow, guided meditation. I know, in your right. Room. I'm like, okay, everyone <laughs> take a deep breath, hands in prayer position. No, <laughs> I'm not actually actively teaching yoga right now. But I mean, I do feel like there is a lot of yeah. that, like, just like guided intention of like, this is the type of feedback I want you to get. I mean, we could do a whole episode on feedback, you know, but like, this is mm-hmm. what I need from you. This is where I want you to. Come from when you're reviewing this. And this is what it's going to help us most in, in the process. And again, just
1: position mm-hmm. you as the expert, which is what we want. Yes. And I think, too, something to say is like, um, you as a client know your audience better than I do. I'm doing my best to get into your shoes and I'm presenting you with design options that I believe really will be beneficial for your business to grow you and to help give you the life that you want, but you know your audience. So if you are seeing something that's not going to fit, like, or if you're looking at different types of type or different illustrations, you have that gut reaction to what's going to actually resonate with them that I don't have. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Even though I have a design eye, I don't fully know.
0: And we're always like hammering home the point of like, be the expert, be the expert, you know? But like at the same time, like this is... Collaboration. It's like so funny. We're like, don't collaborate. Just tell them what you want, you know? And then we're like, wait, no, but let them tell you what they want. <laughs> it's a complicated process. It's a it's, delicate process. It's balance. hard, guys. Yeah. And so, like, if it's not working out or you're struggling, just know that, like, as much as I'm like, oh, like, let it be simple, it's actually kind of not simple sometimes, especially when, like, you're starting out and you're doing your first couple client projects and you're like, oh my gosh, like, should I let them guide me or
1: should I guide them and how do you balance? And sometimes I feel like too, like, sometimes I feel like I'm doing a bad job if like a whole project kind of like goes downhill. Like for example, that client that I had was sharing the story of, like, I feel like I'm a bad designer or I feel like I just don't have my process down. And that feeling really stinks like it really yeah. sucks, but I also know that like I come out of that months later and I'm like, okay, now I have it better. I like understand a little bit more now. You kind of have to be in the weeds. I mean, I would wish for you guys that you don't have to go through it, but part of me is also like, it just kind of is part of the growing and learning process. And I wouldn't want to tell you that like it's all going to be rosy. Like mm-hmm. it is hard, and I've had times where I just like wish that I. Was better at presenting or like had, you know, like had better selection of things for my clients or like said one thing, you know, like when you sit in bed and you're like, I should have told my client. And then they would have just approved it with no revisions. (laughs) Yeah. Or like if I had included one more thing, one more rationale, like they would have included it. But you also can't think like that because then you're constantly going to be beating yourself up, which I do and no, I don't yeah, like I it. No, yeah, I feel you.
0: I think there's a meme floating around the internet somewhere around like the creative process is like you design something or you make something and you're like, oh, this is amazing, and then you keep working on it and you're like, this sucks, and then the next one is oh, yeah. I suck, and then you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning and you're like, it's beautiful, <laughs> uh, and yeah. I probably go through that cycle with literally every single project.
1: Um, so yeah. Oh, one last thing that I want to say too is like the front loading when we're doing all the stuff up front. I've noticed that I have so much energy when I first start with a client. And then towards the end I'm like, oh, I do not have energy yeah. for this anymore. So I like doing all the hard work up front because I have to No, I, know. All I used to think that the like, like the design
0: yes. of the logo was the hard part. Not at least for me right now, like I could probably, if I have a strong mm-hmm. and approved creative direction and brand strategy, I could probably design a brand, a whole brand identity in an afternoon. Like, I mean, and I'm not saying that to boast, but like, I'm saying no. that, like, okay, that is where no, that's where I am now. Like, I used to spend like three weeks developing a brand identity concept, you know, and not to say that that's when bad, I did, Sarah. it's okay to do that, but like, I don't know. I mean, I like doing things fast, yeah.
1: <laughs> When I did Sarah, I might've shared this on on air before, but I had spent like the whole year just thinking, oh, I need to design Sarah's design. I need to do it. And then it came to me literally one afternoon and I designed everything. I love that. That night. I stayed up late all night designing it. But then like the designs that you see on my website, that's what I came up with. But in you a day. spent
0: that whole year thinking about it.
1: But I spent the whole year, but I didn't like sit down and like do yeah. any design work. Sometimes it like
0: it just like just comes, comes to you. To yeah, you. exactly. Oh, what we do is so like nebulous and like hard to talk about. <laughs> it's like explaining to it your really family is. like, "Okay, brand identity design." Like, "Oh, logo design." Well, not really. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a whole other episode. How to explain to your family and friends what it is that you do every day. It's like, "I make mood boards." Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah but yeah i think this conversation was so wonderful and i'm even excited to like listen back and i feel like i just wanted to like close with this thought that if you have if you learn a method or a way of doing something and you see room for improvement or opportunity to change and tweak things to work with the way that your brain works or your energy or your clients or your process take that opportunity just because one person or you've read it in a book or a course or something says that one thing is the way to go like you guys know our philosophy around here is that there are no right answers and in fact like I've been able to iterate on this in a way that is really really helpful for me Esther's been able to do things a little bit like slightly differently that works for her and her clients and we're just getting better every day
1: (laughs) slowly but surely
0: Okay, awesome. So let's dive into our inbox question. But before we do, just wanted to remind all of our $10 patrons, we have our super secret post call chat. We are going to be talking about what we gift our clients at the beginning slash end of our projects. Okay, so this question today is from Amanda DeWoody. I know Amanda personally. <laughs> so hi, Amanda. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for submitting this question. She asks, "What's a must when adding a, po- a project to your portfolio? What do you think truly helps tell the client's story and showcase their new brand slash your talents in the best way possible?"
1: Esther, I love this. I feel like every time I redesign my website, <laughs> I think about how to present my projects on my portfolio and like if a new client's going to look at it, what do they want to see? So the thoughts that I have on this are, I always like to include an overview of the problem that I was hired to solve. Like what was the issue that they came to me for and then how I accomplished it. And I don't think this has to be super, super in depth, but just give a couple of sentences about why you were hired and what you solved, the problem that you solved. And then I do a little section on my design choices and the rationale of it. So kind of what we were talking a little bit before with the one concept method, you talk a lot about those little putting a couple sentences in with your choices. So I like to include that within my portfolio as well so that a new client or a potential client can see that and say, oh, okay, like she actually thought through things while she was doing this process. And then... I just include a few key images or mock ups. So I would do at least five, oftentimes more. I probably would say I'm around 10, but I don't think it has to be super in depth. Like just give them kind of the key points of the project and the key things you solved and show the beautiful work. That's my philosophy. What do you do, Jen?
0: I want to do everything that you just said. So I'm actually going to be redesigning. No, up refreshing my website. It's just so funny. I feel like every single month I'm like I redesign my website, guys. Um, so like don't don't be like me. Don't be like Jen. But because I'm getting a new copywriting done, I'm going to be updating it. I currently I just kind of have like a little overview, like a short paragraph, and then I have a list of services that I provided for the project. I'm sure you probably include that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah I do that. I do that as well. Yeah,
0: and I just like. The way that you've kind of like broken it out of like, here's the problem that you're solving and how you solved it. It definitely ties back into pricing based off of value and kind of like before they even know what the cost is like rationalizing like the higher ticket nature of like what you're charging Without saying that. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, we didn't just design a logo. Like, we solved their problem of not selling enough on their e commerce store or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and I like that you also include design choices and rationale. I don't currently do that, but something that I definitely want to do. So be like Esther, don't be like Jen.
1: (laughs) You can check out some of my work and see, like, you'll see when you go onto my site that it's not like crazy in depth. Like, I have a couple, maybe like a total of two paragraphs split out over the page. And I think it's just helpful for people to see a little bit.
0: So I'm going to Esther's site right now just to like creep. Um, And first of all, your little animation, I'm obsessed,
1: but... Oh, thanks. I'm looking at your portfolio. Okay. Like maybe click on Green Mountain Collective.
0: This is like probably one of my favorite projects that you've done. Like, so- oh my
1: gosh, I'm... Dying. I love it. So, um, when you first, before you even click on it, I said we worked with them to bring their branding into a new era while keeping history and aspects of their programs that are so true to them. Green Mountain was uh, over 100 years old, but they're struggling to be in a new digital space. And so, I wanted to point that out.
0: Ooh, I love how you include the mission. You have like a drop down for project overview and design details. I mean, this horizontal scroll, I'm just like drooling.
1: Yeah. So that's where you'll see, I have the project overview that I talked about, the design details, and then I actually do include like core values. That's really
0: cool. You have a deeper meaning too, where you have like, yeah, this is amazing. I see a little bit of stylescape. I mean, their imagery is just so striking and the typography is just incredible. So Guys, go stalk Esther um, because I'll definitely be looking at her like work when I am thinking about kind of the way I want to lay out my case studies, but it's also not a ton of text either. You definitely let the brands like speak no. for itself, which I love.
1: Yeah. I have that like those couple tiny paragraphs up front and then it's just like yeah. imagery.
0: I mean, I want to hire and you And also now. I do include... Oh, at, at the, the end, the testimonial. At the <laughs> end, I have a testimonial. Oh, yeah. That's so great. And then
1: we have... And I'm just noting, noticing that there's a typo in the testimony.
0: I love how you have start your project and view more work. You have two calls to action at the end too, which I think is really important. And then you have your navigation over on the right-hand side. I mean, I'm literally obsessed with your site. Ah, I yeah. love it. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, you guys can feel free to like copy me. I, but I don't mind. <laughs> You're so sweet. Flattery. Um, Okay, cool. Well, this was super fun. Um, let's chat about what you guys felt was most helpful or interesting in our Facebook community. If you're not a part of that, go ahead and jump in. It's growing every single day, and there's just like it's yeah, and it's free, free new posts, new friends. Just be a part of the Better Fan with us. So. Awesome. As yeah. a reminder, if you're a $10 patron, stay on for an extra few minutes to hear us chit chat um, in our super secret post-show show about what we give our clients. Um, but for everyone else, we will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple
1: Podcasts. We bet you got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. If you love these conversations between designer friends
0: and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com betterpodcast
1: Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. So search for Better, the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook.
0: And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thank you to our producer, John,
1: from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.